Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are giving you the nominee for the Brodo Fantasy Football Awards 2018. Award show, baby. Yes, the, actually, Woo. the nomination special. We have our special guest, Andy Singleton, today. We also have a special guest, the winner of the Brodo Fantasy League, Mr. Uh, fun, guy fun Guy himself, fun guy. Uh, John. So we're going to have him on the show as well. But first, to get this nomination, without further ado, let's get Guys, I don't know about you, but my life is incomplete without fantasy football. How many times have you opened up Yahoo Fantasy app just to see that there's nothing? So many times. Nothing to do. It's an unbelievable amount of times. I I just stare at it on my home screen sometimes. Like, I want to press you. I scroll through the players, yeah, see who's top ranked and yeah. such. It's so it's so funny, but any, anyway, we are looking back now at what was a great year, and we're giving out some awards. It's kind of hard to believe it's already over. I feel like we're it was just yesterday that we were ma- doing the uh, the preview show and giving right. out our rankings. Um, so so let's get started. We have ten awards, and these ten awards are going to be given out to uh, it's different types of awards. We got MVP. Most valuable player, which means someone who is uh, valuable, not just the person who scores the most, but who's the most valuable. Me and Jason found it hilarious when we were like 10, we used to say most valuable poop. When we were like 10 years old, why, and we thought it was like the funniest thing of all you time. Are, you guys are so funny. <laughs> uh, most improved player, um, mo- rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, bust of the year, way too early steal of the year, which is like... Uh, someone that you're already looking forward to drafting underneath where he's valued next year. Yep. Um, the pull your hair out player who is just wildly inconsistent. The Robert Ori award, which is the player that only shows up in crunch time. Hashtag and Robert Ori. No other time. Um, the Shakespearean tragedy, which is a player that got injured but is now uh, going to make us cry because we think back and we think, hey, this guy could have been great, hey. but he wasn't. And finally, we have the waiver rider. Shout out to the waiver wave. Uh, hey. The best waiver pickup after week six in the fantasy football season. Crunch are you time. guys excited for this, baby? This is one of the best shows of the year, man. Not as excited the as the award show. It's the fantasy you know, award nomination, you know why? baby. Because Tim is hyped up on some tea right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once Timmy gets some tea in his system, the whole day changes. Please for make him. fun of him for this. We do it enough in person. He uh. needs some. Twitter hate for this. I mean, I don't drink caffeine. His imagine, caffeine is tea. He imagine, drinks tea and acts like he's hyper. Imagine if I don't Timmy believe it. It's like, all an act. Drank coffee every once in a while. Take a shot of espresso. See what happens. Yo, I was the best teacher in the world today because I had a big thing of tea. It's an act. There's caffeine in tea. It's a placebo. Maybe. I mean, it's, it works. <laughs> it works. Either way. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so... We're going to get started on these awards, but before we do that, we want to tell you guys a little bit about a contest we're running. So these awards are only nominations, and one True. thing that we're going to do is we're going to put this video on YouTube. Shout out to the YouTubers out there. Uh, we're going to put this on Instagram. Shout out to the Instagrammers out there. And we're going to put this on Twitter. Shout out to the Twitter people out there. And we are going to vote. And the people who vote the most and give us the winner, those are going to be the winners. We're going to do that next week on our awards show special. Also, next week, we're going to be going over all the bets that we made throughout the year. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go over that, but also the award show specials next week. And, all, and, and in order to have your first crack at getting into a fantasy football league with us next season, 
if you go on Twitter and vote, plus you go on Instagram and vote, plus you go on YouTube and vote, and you are following us on all three of those platforms, you will be automatically entered to be in a fantasy league with us next year. There you go. Uh, the YouTube video should be up by Sunday. The Instagram clips will be coming, so you're going to have to keep checking the Instagram clips uh, to, and vote on each one of them. And on Twitter, the polls will come, so set up those notifications for Brodo Let's Fantasy. To make it clear, um, Twitter is going to be polls. We'll probably just have those constantly open for the week, something of that sort. Instagram, we're gonna post short clips, and then you're gonna comment your choice. Correct? And we're and and we're also gonna put some story. There's um, polls on Instagram now, bro. On, but there's only and two then options. And on YouTube, True. you're gonna have to comment your choices. Yes, you're gonna comment there your you choices. Go. Just gotta right? make it clear. And oh, and give us your at so we know exactly who you are. So, True. uh, it's time. Let's get right into this, baby. The first award. Let's start right off the bat. Is the M V. The most valuable poop, Volatile player. The most valuable player of the year. Uh, Let's start with Michael. Michael, who is your MVP? Folks, my most valuable player on the year is the one and only James Conner. Listen. How how are you booing? I didn't even say anything about him Definitely not. Where was James Conner drafted ADP-wise, either in the double-digit rounds or he was picked up before the season started, depending on when the draft was taking place, right? Since then... He put up over 1,500 rushing yards and had 13 touchdowns. He ended as the overall running back six despite missing the last three games of the season. Basically, just stepped into Le'Veon Bell's role and completely took over. Whoever picked him up or whoever drafted him in the late rounds, I did in one of my leagues, well, multiple leagues, got an RB1 for the whole season. So, James Conner is my MVP. So, James Conner is our first uh, MVP candidate. Jason who is your most valuable player? Just Look, talking shit off the bat, I'm man. Not gonna I don't lie. like it. James Conner's a good choice, but I'm going to act like it's a piece of shit choice because this is a competition we're having here, all right? <laughs> Fair. So someone who doesn't step foot on the field during the playoffs is not my MVP. I'm sorry. Mm. You know who my MVP That's is? good point. The love of my life. George Kittle. Kittle me this. Only five tight ends were ranked within the top 130 players this season, so basically having one of those guys was huge. Now, when we're talking about that, we're also talking about Ebron and Cook, who were finished within the top 130. But there would really be three big tight ends. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. Kittle was the only one that was either drafted super late in the draft or undrafted altogether. And he did it with three different quarterbacks. So you see these quarterbacks go down, and you think that there's going to be an issue, and you think that this player might not be as good as he was. But he just kept continuing to improve with the next backup that was called upon. So when you have that positional value... Putting up those numbers, setting the record for yards for a tight end with Garoppolo, Beathard, and Nick Mullins. Kittle's my MVP. Uh, It's a good pick. Just so you guys know, for those of you saying, how did they not say Patrick Mahomes yet? Patrick Mahomes is going to get his own award. Patrick Mahomes is getting the Fantasy Monster Stud Glorious Almighty Player of the Year. Patrick Mahomes scored the most fantasy points in the history of fantasy football. First year as a starter. Ever. Unbelievable. Ever, 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 ever. So think about all the fantasy years. He had the best one. So he is not eligible for any of these awards. So Patrick Mahomes, you win the ultimate prize of you are the fantasy beast of the year. Now, with that being said, my fantasy MVP is clear to me. It's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was the poster boy for consistency this, this year. He finished as the wide receiver three on the season, 111 receptions, 1,386 yards, 13 touchdowns, 
and a two-point conversion, just for good measure. His ADP was late second round and early third round. Well, it's worth two points. He really just threw in two-point conversions. That's you right. can go over two-point conversions for every player. Well, or James Conner, I'm sure he had multiple two-point conversions. Oh, you're sure, but you're not sure because you didn't say it so hot. Here's my issue with your choice. Um, hold on. I'm not done saying it. Uh, he finishes a wide receiver two or better every single week of the season except week four where he finished just outside of wide receiver two. He finishes a wide receiver one every single week in the playoffs. He never scored a single digit in half-point PPR. He never scored under 12 points ever in the entire year. He was the model of consistency, and he always, 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 always produced. By the way, this is... Two two-point conversions for James Conner. Oh, that's what you were thinking. So you're... This, so whack. Ten. No, it's a, um, it's a good choice. So... Your choices, because you know we his we, ADP was too high. I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with a, you, man. For him, for when, guys, for him to he win was MVP, a late second round high. pick. Guys, easily, guys. You know, do you know who he finished over? Well, yeah, obviously he was a late second round pick. So think about Devonta Adams. Listen, if you're MVP, if we're not taking ADP, the MVP, if we're not taking ADP to account, is Mr. Todd Gurley. <laughs> no, Todd Gurley is not the the, the MVP because he was That's drafted true. number one overall. That's the point I'm and making. But Devontae here's the Adams. thing. Here's why Devontae Adams is the MVP. Because there is a good chance that you got Devontae Adams and got Todd Gurley. That if you if you drafted a guy like David Johnson, Devontae Adams saved your season, like me. If you drafted Saquon Barkley, you got Devontae Adams. You you could have in in theory drafted like on the first go around, Todd Gurley, and then got him, and then got like Gronk or Michael Thomas, and then got him, and you, and he's your wide receiver too. Look, if you're being drafted in the second, third round, you finish as a third overall receiver, and you finish over guys like uh, Antonio Brown. DeAndre Hopkins is the only guy who got drafted over him that beat him. Literally, name any other player that got drafted over him, and he Julio finished Jones. in front of them. He's drift, he finished in front of Julio Julio Jones. I don't know if that's true. That is true. I think he did. So way. it's, look, not most valuable. <laughs> anyway, it's up to you guys. All right, we're gonna have Andy Singleton on to talk about this a little bit more as well. Let's move on to the most improved. MIP. Yeah, MIP. Who is the this most? Show isn't improved. Imp- <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most improved player? Jason. Let's start with you this time. Oh, goody. I'm going to go with the uh, seventh round pick, the 31st overall pick in the seventh round from a few years back. I'm talking about Mr. Chris Carson. Mm. End of the season as a running back 15, basically the model running back two all season. After week 11, he did not have less than 12 points, so he was there for you the entire end of the season and playoffs. Even before that, once he started getting the rock after week three, he was as reliable as they come. Basically... You put him in your lineup, you didn't have to worry. You knew you were getting at least 10 points most of the season. And when you're drafting someone pretty late and someone who's never really done it before, who improved a lot, Chris Carson is my most improved player. It's a, it's a solid choice. Um, I'm going to go second on this one. Not the correct choice. Um, My most improved player is actually a player that got less targets than he got last year. Michael Thomas is my most improved player. So what is improvement? Right? What does Blasphemy. that mean? What does that mean? Improve means you do better in your opportunities, right? Michael Thomas finishes the wide receiver six six this season. He was actually targeted two less times than he was last season. Despite the fact that he was targeted two less times, he increases receptions by 21. He increases yardage by over 160 yards. He scored four more touchdowns than last year. And get this, he increased his fantasy output by 100 points over last season. That is with... 
two less receptions than last season. If you're talking about improvement, the definition of improvement is how did you improve in your opportunities? Michael Thomas took his game from mid-level uh, wide receiver, low low, blah, low level wide receiver one to high level wide receiver one in with 100 more points with two less chances. Michael Thomas is my most improved. Tim, player. that's all great and dandy, sure. But everyone knows Michael Thomas is a stud. He was drafted late first round, early second round. Um, Michael, if you're gonna go back and and revisit some um, revisit some bets, I think I made a nice bet with you about Michael Thomas would be. There's no way I loved Michael Thomas. What are you talking about? You guys call me crazy putting Michael Thomas in front of Antonio Brown in the no, rankings. No, no, no. Oh, he did? In front of Antonio Brown. He didn't. I mean, in front of Antonio Brown. Jones but too, I think. I don't yeah, know. that's I who it was. I think it was Julio Jones. I had him as the number one wide receiver this, this season. Yeah, I that mean, didn't worked, happen. But, but yeah. when you like preface your sentence with a low wide receiver one last year, then that's it. Most but, improved is out the window. All right, I hear you. But at the, same time, at the same time, listen to this. Two less targets, 100 more half PPR fantasy points. That's improvement. Jason, uh, Michael. Who do you got? I have the actual most improved player, folks. The man I love. The man I drafted everywhere. The man uh, I, I told I everyone to draft. My MVP, my most improved player, Robert Woods. Guys, Robert Woods did not surpass 800 yards in any of his first five seasons in the NFL. Never surpassed five touchdowns in any of those seasons. Was a middling wide receiver on the Bills that no one thought anything of. Went to Sean McVay and changed his life forever. And now this year he had 1,219 yards and six touchdowns through the air. And icing on the cake, 150 rushing yards and a touchdown as well. Over I, fourteen, over 1,350 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns from a seventh to eighth round pick in Robert Woods. If I'm going to admit defeat to one, to one topic, I think I'd be willing to put my vote out for Robert Woods even though I... Chris Carson's still my vote, but Robert Woods is right there. Well, Woods is a good selection for this category. Ridiculous. A lot better than Michael Thomas. Thank Absolutely. you. My question is, why did you, like, did you peep Michael emphasize the 19 instead of the 1,200? Like, that was the big deal. Robert Woods had 1,219 yards. 1,219 yards. <laughs> it's like the 1,200 is the big deal, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to our rookie of the year. A lot of nice rookies came out this year, and a lot of big impact rookies. Uh, this is going to be our hardest topic, I think. Um, Jason, actually, Michael, why don't you start this time with rookie of the year? I don't know if this is going to be the hardest topic. I think there's one that stands above the rest. Clearly, I don't think we even need to say his name. I'm going to Saquon Barkley, but <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> my rookie of the year, though, since everyone can't select Saquon Barkley, is Philip Lindsay. Um, how about it? let's show an undrafted rookie some loves, folks? All right, out of Colorado State, I believe it was right. Or I always got Colorado and Colorado State confused. One of those schools, undrafted rookie comes in, <laughs> comes in in front behind an early down back in Royce Freeman, an early drafted running back, and takes the job from him. Rushes for over a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns on the year. He just how could you not love Philip Lindsay and love his story and just everything about Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay's a guy that I definitely want to root for. I feel like he's one of those guys that's just like if you're not rooting for Philip Lindsay, then you're just a dick. You know? Like or you're Royce Freeman. Um <laughs> My my guy Saquon Barkley, I took the easy way out here. I mean, guys, two hundred and ninety four fantasy points, thirteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns on the ground. Did even more in the air. Um Let's see where are the where are these stats I lost almost on seven hundred and twenty one yards on ninety one receptions. Hot damn! 
Hot damn is right. Four touchdowns to add to the 11 touchdowns. That is a total of 2,028 yards from scrimmage, 5.8 yards per touch, 15 touchdowns he was responsible for. I don't have to tell you. If you're a Saquon Barkley owner, you know exactly what Saquon Barkley did for you. Uh, he he should be in the conversation for fantasy MVP because he was probably being drafted in the back end of the first round and gave you value greater than guys like Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott David or Johnson. David Johnson. Like the, he, he outperformed all these guys, and he did it with an offense that really didn't move the ball. Imagine next year if they get themselves a quarterback, if they get like, I don't know, Derek Carr in there or, or – or, uh, Don't say get yourself a quarterback, then say Derek Carr, please. That's true. Dwayne Haskins or like someone that could actually throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's going to be uh, 352 touches. Uh, this guy was out of this world. So uh, rookie of the year, Saquon Barkley. Jason, uh, which loser are you putting up? <laughs> All right. I, I think I've made kind of a good Fair case enough. for Nick Chubb here. Nick Chubb is my thing um person here. I'm going with the value uh, side of it. Saquon Barkley was a first-round pick. You had to waste a first-round pick on him. I mean, if we're going value, though, Philip Lindsay was undrafted in fantasy leagues. So was Nick Chubb in a lot and of leagues. And played the whole season. So was Nick Chubb in a lot of leagues. Fine. Played so the whole you're season. fighting against Barkley here. I'm fighting for Lindsay. Fighting against Barkley. My point being, Nick Chubb was a running back one ever since he took over his job. He only had one game below double-digit points after week seven. Uh, it's pretty much as simple as that. Once Freddie Kitchens took over in Cleveland, Nick Chubb became the every-down back catching, rushing. He was... Reliable in every single format. So, if I'm looking at draft capital, what it took to get this guy, the numbers that he put up, his numbers were almost as comparable to Barkley's at some point in this season. Yeah, I agree. So there you go, uh, offensive rookie of the year. I'm telling you, that's that's really gonna that's a harder, you know, it's harder than it looks. All right, so let's go over to offensive player of the year, the offensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, we have <laughs> Jeez, Michael and Jason's faces are just like if you guys go to the YouTube so you can see the, the look of disgust on their face, the absolute Please look no. of disgust. So, no. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the offensive player of the year. My offensive player of the year, I'm gonna start because, yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey, Jason's boy, came through and oh, went way over Jason's predicted three touchdowns with 13. 13 touchdowns! You know what's funny? You know, I, I like got one. in on that bet, too, I believe. He didn't have any before Cam Newton got hurt. So Not any? What are you talking about? Uh, he had, yeah, like, yeah. two before Cam All Newton right, got you, hurt. All you, right, you've had enough time with your slander. Let me give some love. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 1,965 yards. Uh, do you know, at, at the beginning when I started uh, compiling these stats, I started compiling them with the totals from the last two years. And I'm like... Christian McCaffrey had 3,051 yards from scrimmage? What the fuck? <laughs> but anyway. That would be something else. That would be something. But um, 13 touchdowns total, uh, 1,965 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he, uh, with 867 yards receiving and six touchdowns, he would have came in as a wide a starting wide receiver on your fantasy squad. So you had a starting running back and a starting wide receiver. A lot of people thought that he couldn't rush. He, they knew that the passing numbers were coming, but I think 219 rushes for 1,098 yards and seven touchdowns is something that you couldn't have expected out of Christian McCaffrey coming into the season. So um, Christian McCaffrey is my offensive player of the year. Michael, who's your offensive player of the year? I'm, I'm kind of going with the Jason Robert Woods thing here, how he said if I had to vote for someone other than my guy, it would probably be here for Christian McCaffrey. Come on. <laughs> for the no. Opoy. For the Opoy. But oh boy, folks. Oh boy, for the Opoy. 
I'm going Matty Ice. Oh, just my lordy. just to really squeeze Timmy and Jason by the nutsack here. This is like the <laughs> Jason hate show right now. <laughs> Guys, Matty Ice ended as the number two overall fantasy player, as much as you want to hate. 361 and a half fantasy points. This dude ended with 35 touchdowns, just under 5,000 passing yards, only seven interceptions and three rushing touchdowns. Had 20 points or more, nine of 16 weeks. He was super consistent. He was putting up monster numbers week in and week out. And despite all the hate you guys gave him, he absolutely killed it in fantasy all year. And now his offensive coordinator. And he was drafted as a low end QB one, QB two. I'm just, I'm just gonna say his uh, offensive coordinator getting fired doesn't mean he didn't produce fancy MVP I'm numbers. Looking at next season, he's a sell for me. Well, sure, that happened the year before that too in fantasy. So enough with the pleasantries already. Fantasy football is about, yes, we love to spread the love to players that are great. Love. But even more than that, we need to spread the hate love to the people who killed us and cost us not only pride, but let's be real, people, money. Cash Moolah, Moolah Cash Moolah. Cash this game would not be nearly as popular if we weren't playing for straight up bucks. And this guy and cost people straight up bucks. Let's go to the four, three people excuse me, that were the worst. Jason. Who's your biggest bust of the year? You know what's funny? When you look at a player's numbers and you see 12 points, you're like, oh, they actually were productive that one game. So uh, with that being said, Royce Freeman is my bust of the year. I think that not someone we were very fond of going into the season. Um, he was jumping into like high end, high third round ADP at some point and something I wanted to stay away from personally. And then once he gets onto the field, fourth round pick that people just feel like is going to have the job. Cause you know, fourth round picks are handed everything nowadays. Sarcasm, uh, relatively healthy all season. And he gets outplayed sarcasm. Hashtag. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Philip Lindsay, UDFA undrafted free agent just jumps in front of him on the depth chart, outplays him all season. And it's not like there was injury to blame. He was just outplayed. If you look at his, uh, if you look at his health, he was relatively healthy. I don't think injury had much to do with it, even though it has a lot to do with busts. Uh, the big thing, too, he was not involved in the passing game at all. If you look at his numbers on the... He had 20 targets on the season. 14 yeah. catches, 72 yards. He, he was not involved in the passing game at all. If you're going to be a part-time player and want to be at least a little bit productive in fantasy, you've got to catch the ball a little bit. So here's what I'll say. Yes, he was a bust, and it's a good, it's a good candidate. Definitely a bust. But his role was predictably a good role. And if you're getting out-snapped and out-touched by a guy who made the Pro Bowl, like, it's not it's not like the worst thing. He, I, yes, he has I'm the... I'm not following Tim, this argument what, here. What's going on? The role mind? of starting running back for the Denver Broncos... But the point is you're drafting him as that. Right, because no one knew... Because he never had the role. It's because no one knew who Philip Lindsay was. So? What do you mean, so? People thought Royce Freeman was better than he was. The, but the role of rookie running back in the backfield for the Broncos ended up being an extremely productive one. And I think that's what people... That hurts his case even more then because he couldn't get the job. But I think that's what people were drafting Royce Freeman for. And then all Obviously. of a sudden... Right. Philip Lindsay came through. And yes, he did lose the job. But I'm not. I'm just saying it's not a big deal to lose a job to Philip Lindsay as much as you're making it. The dude made the fucking Pro Bowl. How is his replacement was great an argument for Royce Freeman? It makes him a bust, dude. Yeah. He just didn't get the job done. What are you talking about? Hey, we're talking about bust. A bust. You drafted him in the third or fourth round. It would be worse if Lindsey was all bad. All I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't a bust. It's a good play. I'm just saying like he's not the biggest bust because his role, the reason why you drafted him, ended up being a good role. 
So yes, you drafted the wrong I'm player. I'm Jason. If anything, but the that role just makes it hurt more. I don't know how. How? Because he lost his job to an undrafted free agent. He, but he lost his job to a pro bowler. So you want to put labels on people? Fine. Because he's also a pro bowler. So what was good? No. Um, let, let's, let's move on it's to my really, bust of the year. Really this is clearly the bust of the year. I'm sorry. And me and Michael, I mean, you should agree with me because we both drafted this guy in different leagues. And he busted for both of us. It's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, like, easily the bust of the year. Um, came into the year as the consensus number one pick at tight end. His ADP was the second round. Late second round. Um... If he had finished behind Kurtz, uh, uh, Kurtz, Kelsey, and Ertz, you'd be like, all right. Even Kittle, because he went and set records, you'd be like, all right, fine. I'll take him. Fourth guy. But he finished behind guys like Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Eric Ebron. Now, those are two, three guys that had good seasons, right? So you're like, all right, even if he goes behind them, he had a couple injuries, then I understand. But he even finished behind Trey Burton, Yep. Kyle Rudolph, don't pronounce the L. Blah. David Njoku. Vance McDonald. He only had five more points than Evan Ingram and OJ Howard. Guys that missed a majority of the year. I love OJ Howard, man. He is the worst. And honestly, if, if you looked at the Patriots, you're like, this guy Gronk might set the record for touchdowns this season. And he did so the opposite. He was not reliable at all whatsoever. He put up in... The semi-final, no, I'm sorry, in the championship week, he put up a big, fat donut. And that's only if you made it there because he put 3.1 up in the semis. Rob Gronkowski is the biggest fantasy bust in, in, play, in, in fantasy this season. That's it's a solid one. I'll give you that. Mine might beat him, though. I could have patted myself on the back again. Hashtag Robert Woods and went Ronald Jones here. Someone I yelled from the rooftops not to draft. But by the time it was like Labor Day weekend where most drafts were taking place, he was more of a double digit round guy anyways. Yeah, he 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 was more of a but this dude's going midsummer guy. Midsummer's dream. Yuck. Yeah. Guys, one foreshadow you know shakes. We're gonna we're gonna give our tips throughout the year of how to have your best leagues. That was so twin of you just now. Uh YouTube.com if you wanna see what they did, they're twin ass ways. Um but what was I saying? I don't know. Yeah. Don't have your draft before Week four of the preseason. I mean, week three of the preseason at least. Like, if you're doing well, it some guys then, like you're... doing it beforehand. But I don't like it. To each his own. Yeah. My bust of the year is Leonard Fournette. This is another guy that we... I guess I am going to put myself in the back because we all begged everyone not to draft Leonard Fournette. We did. Not only is he super volume dependent, he's always hurt. He was on a bad... Well, not a bad team. He's on a bad offense. We expected the Jaguars to be better overall, but mostly led by their defense. And this is a guy who not only did he get hurt, his injuries weren't season-ending injuries, so you had to roster him, which made him made it that much worse because you had to keep him at the end of your bench no matter what the whole season. And even when he did come back, he would have bad games half healthy, and then he'd just be out another two games, and then you'd have to sit him again. He He rushed for less than 500 yards on the year. I mean, Leonard Fournette all the way, no matter what way you look at it, he was a huge bust everywhere you drafted him, even in... At the end of the year, if you played him in the semifinals, he lost second-half touches to some no-name running back. Who It was apparently game-planning to get Jackson the ball more. It was just it was a mess for anyone who rostered Leonard Fournette this year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue about Leonard Fournette. So those are three guys that definitely busted your teams. Um, hopefully you made the playoffs. I know that I made the playoffs in the league that I drafted Gronk. Um, As did I. One of the reasons why I made the playoffs was because of this guy where I'm about to talk about the pull 
your hair out. Oh, oh, I skipped one. The way too early steal of next season is the next okay. one. Actually, forget about everything I just said before that. Um, this one is a player that we're already looking forward to drafting higher this uh, next higher season than most than most people are looking for because we know that his value will be uh, a lot better. So, with that being said. Let's start with Michalimo. Yes. Uh, Michael, who is your way too early steal for next season? <laughs> baby Sam, folks. You hear me talking about Baby Sam? That's Baby Sam. Oh, you got to watch a video to know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, we but got Baby Sam. It's Baby Sam and Robbie baby Anderson. Sam. I'm going with a stack for this one. I'm going a little, uh, a little different here. Not one player, but two. We've seen the second-year jumps from rookie... Quarterbacks with Mitch Trubisky and Jared Goff. Fantasy-wise, I still think Mitch Trubisky's trash. Pat Mahomes. But Pat Mahomes, yeah. Well, he, he didn't really play his rookie year, but yeah, second-year quarterback who right. really took a big jump. Blake Bortles even did it with A-Rob and Alan Hearns. And now we got Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. Sam, Sam Darnold ended the fantasy season three games, six touchdowns, and one into against some top-notch defenses. And Robbie Anderson was the main beneficiary, going for over 300 total yards and a touchdown in each of those games. We saw Sam Darnold... Really growing as a quarterback was a top half uh, PFF rated quarterback the second half of the year after the injury. And he's just he's played very well of late. And Robbie Anderson has really taken a step up as people expected when they were drafting him early in the year. If you held on to him all that time, lucky you, because he really uh, pulled through for the playoffs. I think Donald and Anderson are going to be two steals next year in fantasy drafts. I can get behind Robbie Anderson. I don't know if Donald's going to be. Even if he's a low on QB one, he he'd technically be a steal because you're drafting. I can him see him as a streamer next season. In the last round, it might depend on who the Jets get though. If they get Todd sure. Monken from Tampa Bay, then I'll change my tone. I'm hoping bit. they get the guy from Kansas City, man. Their offensive coordinator. I want yeah. Todd Monken. Me I too. really want Kansas City's guy. I want someone. He off doesn't of, call the plays, Andy Reid tree has been solid. I that's, want. That's a I great want someone pe- off the Reid tree. That's a great behind Adam right now that he's not calling the plays. Well, Andy Reid calls the plays. Well, look, he's the uh, he's the coach though. He's he and. and a lot of players say he's one of the best coaches they ever played for. So he would be the head coach. So if he brought an offensive mind from that tree as well, he would be the one calling plays. And he knows how to use his talented players right. correctly. Eric Benemi. 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 We're going to learn his name real soon. So my guy's DJ Moore. Boring. What? Sounds a little bit like this season. DJ Moore... Stepped up in the second half of the year, but he was inconsistent. But he ended up with 788 yards and two touchdowns, which is better than the average rookie wide receiver. Remember, rookie wide receivers are not usually productive in their first years. Um, The reason why I love him next year is the role is opening up. Like Curtis Samuel uh, took a big role, but he's more of a trick play kind of guy. DJ Moore is more of a traditional uh, route running, field stretching number one kind of in the Steve Smith vein. Um that number one, Devin Funches is almost guaranteed not to come back. And this guy right here, Cam Newton, he his arm, when it comes back and he's able to throw to his receivers, when he's able to throw downfield again, DJ Moore is going to be one of the uh, most improved uh, players next season and one of the best fantasy values Cam next Newton season. Had to start talking can't be knocking over baby Sam, bro. Come on. You didn't see Cam Newton. I should have known DJ that Moore. when we put toys on the on the table that you guys wouldn't Wait, be able to. Cam Newton wants to talk back. a little about DJ Moore. 
That's so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, YouTube.com, by the way, slash Brodo Fantasy to check out this on video. Uh, also, Instagram.com slash Brodo Fantasy or at Brodo Fantasy, however the kids are saying it these days. Um, and Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Michael, who is your way too early uh, steal for next season? Well, way too early steal for next season is... You already went over this. Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh, that's right. Jason, who is... You guys, yo, you, I don't know who I was so confused. I was like, Tim, I already said Anderson and Darnold. Well, guys, I don't know if you know this, but you look alike. I don't know if, I don't know if anyone ever Man, told you that. To you guys are like cousins or something. Uh, I was going to go pick up baby Sam again, but <laughs> Jason stopped me. Go all ahead, right, Tim. all right. It wouldn't be a looking into next season uh, talk from Jason if it didn't include true throw value. So I'm, I'm bringing that in. Because uh, my guy is Dante Pettis. Uh, if you look at what he did at the end of the season, and you look at the 49ers quarterbacks, the league average true throw value this season was .442. Uh, C.J. Beathard is .434, so he just was underneath the um, league average. Nick Mullins was .468, pretty solidly above league average. And then Jimmy Garoppolo was at .537. That would have put him as the number seven quarterback next year. So I'm still buying into the Jimmy Garoppolo hype. Uh, if anything, what I just said is proof that the Kyle Shanahan system works for quarterbacks. Uh, even Kyle, even um, C.J. Beathard, the worst one, was just slightly below league average. So I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come out and do even better than Nick Mullins did this season. And with that comes greater target value. Dante Pettis at the last half, uh, last four weeks of the season was 38th in true target value, and he put up wide receiver 1-2 numbers. So he exceeded his value based on the targets he was seeing from Nick Mullins. Uh, if you take Jimmy Garoppolo's true target value, a uh, true throw value, and apply that instead to Dante Pettis, he comes in at 26. So that's 12 spots up in true target value. Um, that's a whole wide receiver rank right there. So I think that Dante Pettis is looking like a legit wide receiver too next season. Now... If I had hair to pull out, I would pull out my hair for Sony Michelle. Because um, this guy was wildly inconsistent. Um, now, he gave the illusion of consistency because his touches were consistent. Um, never had less than 14 touches from November 25th on, excuse me, 13 touches. Only had less than 10 touches one time, I'm sorry, two times after week two. So this is the guy who got the touches. The only problem is the production wasn't there all the time. He had six touchdowns. Four of those touchdowns were bunched up in a three-week span between uh, September 30th and October 14th against Miami, Indianapolis, and Kansas City, where he scored four of his six touchdowns. After those three huge games where everyone was looking at him as a wide as a running back one, he got hurt. Only at 22 yards, and then followed that up with 31 yards. Both hurt. He came back. 133 yards and a touchdown, so he bounces back, but he follows that up with three straight performances of, of seven or less fantasy points without a target or a reception. Then he comes back, and he does great. 116 for one in the semis. You're like, yes, I can start this guy again, and then the championship, five points. Uh, his up and down was just too much for me. Uh, as a Sony Michelle owner across all of my teams, I drafted him in every single eighth, seventh or eighth round that I had. Um, I, I rode that train and, and up and down, up and down, up and down all season. And it was, it was a train that in the end cost me. I tried to warn you guys after everyone was, was saying he was an RB one. I tried to warn you guys though. He was touchdown dependent for the area where he was being drafted. I think he met his production value. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're looking at him overall this season, 931 yards and six touchdowns, you're taking that out of a seventh, eighth round pick, but 
Mm. It's not. It's not what you expect for someone who touched the ball an average of 15 times a game. I mean, I got Robert Woods over there. But I'm real serious. Right. So the 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 role was there. The production was not. I'm looking forward to Sonny Michelle next season, though. I think he's going to have a big year. I think that second year in that system, and hopefully Rex Burkhead's not in the picture anymore. I think that he's going to have a big year. Um, let's go on to our next one. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. The Robert Ori Award. <laughs> What? You literally said <laughs> neither of us picked our inconsistent player. We you, didn't? you didn't announce the pull your hair out award. You just started talking about Sony Michelle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the pull your hair out award is someone who's wildly inconsistent. If you oh, haven't noticed Tim. yet, <laughs> Tim is Tim just won it. All right, <laughs> Jason, uh, who's your pull out? Pull your hair out player. <laughs> pull out. Good thing they didn't pull out because he's alive now. Michael Thomas. <laughs> That's the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, but... Sex. Makes babies. Six games below 11 points this year. Listen, if we're talking about a set and forget wide receiver one, which Michael Thomas, you'd think he is, six out of his 16 games are 11 points or less. That's inconsistent. Three of those games below seven. And then he had four games, 23 or more. He was literally a roller coaster. And when you think about Michael Thomas, you, you think consistency. You don't think roller coaster. And it had a lot to do with... The Saints offense in general. Yeah. And then in the playoffs, Michael Thomas was not reliable. In the fantasy playoffs, uh, he wasn't great. So I think that Michael Thomas is an easy answer here. Michael? See, I could agree with you here, except I have the less productive, same exact player in Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs did regular old Stefan Diggs things, which is why I preferred Adam Thielen prior to the season. He had five games with 16 or more points, so very solid. And then five games with single-digit points. So, I mean, you were either, and then the six other games were in between there. So, this guy, he was never, he was super boom bust, but his boom was never really that high Mr. except for boom two busted. weeks. And his bust happened more often than you'd like in a in a very frustrating offense. So, Stefan Diggs, he was drafted as a wide receiver one. He ended as, like, I think, wide receiver 12 or 13 nah, or something. He was drafted as, if you drafted him as a nah. wide receiver one, you're, you're not setting <laughs> yourself up for success. Well, that's where he was being drafted, his yeah. ADP. Was like a top twelve receiver. Yeah. I mean, he ended like right on the cusp of that, but he did it with peaks and valleys that you don't really want from your top end guy. You know, valley low enough. So let's move on to our next category, there the one go. that we're supposed to move on to before the Robert Ori Award. Ew. And Robert Ori, for those of you who are old like me, you remember that all he did was hit clutch shots in the playoffs. He was completely a non-factor in the regular season, and then all of a sudden, the playoff time would happen. He would hit championship shots year after year after year. Uh, he actually has like eight rings. Because every time he played, he played in the finals with the Lakers um, and the, the Rockets. He was on the Rockets for a couple of those finals. So Robert Ori Award is someone who was mediocre or bad, but then killed it during the fantasy playoffs. Jason, who is your mediocre player of the year? Uh, I'm not going baby Sam here, but I'm going with his confidant in Michael's answer. Mr. Robert B. Anderson. His middle name is not B. <laughs> I know. We were, t- we were talking about Lyndon B. Johnson earlier today, and I wanted to include the B there. Earlier today fun. as in like 10 seconds ago. Well, like 10 seconds ago. Because, you know, like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Like It's just fun to say initials when it's a part of a name. No? We were watching Ted 2 the other day. Lyndon F. Scott Fitzgerald. What does Scott Fitzgerald ever do to you? <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Sam L. Jackson? <laughs> All right. Well, my... <laughs> My Robert Ori Award is Robbie Anderson. Uh-huh. The same name. Um, basically, he was useless before the playoffs, week one through 13. Uh, he put up double-digit points one time. 
Um, people drafted him to be useful. He was the complete opposite. And then he was a waiver wire pickup during the playoffs and put up 16, 19, and 25. Thanks a lot to Sam Darnold's improved play in the last four weeks. His true throw value at brotoff.com, also brotofantasy.com. Holla at your boy. Number five in the final four weeks in true throw value while on the season he was number 20-something. Can't find his name here, but 20-something. It's really pissing me off. 25. So we went from 25 to 5, jumped 20 points in true throw throw value when you look at the full season compared to the final four weeks. Uh, It had a lot to do with what Robbie Anderson was able to do when he was seeing those targets. 16, 19, and 25 points in those games. Robbie Anderson's clutch magoo. My my man is Doug Baldwin, and Doug <laughs> Baldwin. If you drafted him this year, you probably drafted him in the third, fourth round, um, and he probably shit your team uh, for a long time. But when you needed him most, he came through. Uh, Doug Baldwin has always been a second half player. Uh, first in the uh, in the first round of the playoffs, twenty two yards of receiving, not great, but he did score a touchdown, which saved it. It he saved his best for last. Uh, seventy seven yards and two touchdowns. Uh, against San Francisco in the semifinals and then in the final, 126 yards, his season high, and one touchdown. He had his highest fantasy output when it was time to have your highest fantasy output. So, Mr. Dougie B, um, thank you for that. Thank you also. Fresh. Um, for those of you who know, I sat Doug Baldwin and lost the championship because of it. We know. Now, that's all well and dandy. But my Robert Ory Award goes to Jalen Samuels. Nice. Of the Pittsburgh I thought you were going to put a cool, like... Jalen Samuels is a cool one. No, I had a, no, I'm just disappointed. I thought he had a cool rhyme coming together when he said cool and dandy. I thought he was going to come out with some some straight fire. Jalen Samuels was sure handy in the playoffs. He uh he was basically useless the first 12 weeks of the year with James Conner controlling <laughs> the backfield. And then comes here comes Jalen Samuels when Conner goes down. And uh, he did his thing for all three weeks of the fancy championship. Uh, week 14, he had seven receptions. Week 15, 140 rushing yards. Week 16, he scored his first touchdown. He put up double-digit points every single week. Many championship-winning teams had Jalen Samuels on their roster, either as a James Conner slash Le'Veon Bell handcuff or just straight up picking him up and robbing him from someone else going into the playoffs. And uh, it was great and dandy Here's my and argument. very handy. Uh, the Robert Ory Award goes to someone who was not very good and then came clutch. Jalen Samuels wasn't not good. He just wasn't playing. Which makes him not good. Not necessarily. Absolutely, necessarily. We picked guys <laughs> who people drafted to produce and well, they didn't. I think that, yes, you would be right, but I think that the fact that Jalen Samuels was a tight end like puts him in the running for this award. True. That doesn't mean anything. In Yahoo leagues only, though. I, I don't see the... Correlation? I don't see is that. The, the word you're looking for? No, it has nothing to do with correlation. You're looking for correlation? Not correlation. Yes, it is. I don't know. Yep. No. Nope. Yep. Correlize me, <laughs> Captain. I don't see talk, the, bro. I don't see the relevance. Talk. Of his tight end eligibility. What do you mean talk? I already said Robbie Anderson. Oh damn it! I'm, I'm not. You're a mess. You. It's too much. Honestly, guys, if, for behind the scenes, uh, you, we're an independent podcast. We're gonna let you in behind the curtain. We got our we got our uh, our main man here, Yanni. He's doing some camera work. So in between some of these things, we got to press pause because, you know, we're an independent operation and move the camera. And uh, this pause thing is messing me up. We usually don't. The, the pause didn't do anything right now anything. for this. I know, but it's messing it's me like up in general. Tim's just using this little monologue to try crying to get back on track. And this monologue was pointless and everything he's doing is pointless. We got two awards get left. Together, Tim. Let's move on. You guys are mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canada. Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Where art thou, 
Romeo. The next one is the Shakespearean Tragedy Award. A guy whose time came too early. And greatness turned to ash. Goodbye, my lord. <laughs> Let's start with Jason. Jason, who wins your Shakespearean Tragedy Award? The player who got injured before his time. This is the answer right here. No, this is, this is the, the Romeo answer. and Juliet. I have the answer. This, have, this is the Romeo and Juliet love story. <laughs> Every time we're, just, we're all just like, yo, I got the answer. No, okay. I got the, no, I got the answer. Said fantasy player, Romeo, meets said fantasy football player. Juliet. Juliet. <laughs> so we have said player. We have James Conner. Romeo, Juliet. Juliet is James Conner for these purposes. Falls in love. He finds his waiver pickup. He finds his... Uh, last pick of the draft. He finds his player that will bring him to victory every single week, be a running back one, ended as a running back six, I think you said earlier, right? Wait, and the answer is James Conner. James Conner. What kind of weird-ass thing was that? What I, I on didn't... God's green earth <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> like, you were saying Juliet. I was waiting for you to say who Romeo was as the answer. No, Romeo is shit. fantasy football player. Juliet is James Conner. Romeo meets Juliet. They fall in love for 13 weeks. They think that they're going to get married and be a great couple and join their families and win a lot this of money together, right? idiot said, said fancy football player, said fancy football player. <laughs> as a human being and as okay, an Okay, I fucked player. that up then. Fine. They fall in love. 13 weeks later, they think they're going to get married, and but then their parents don't approve. And James Conner goes and gets injured because he's very distraught. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> James, James Conner, like, besides the terrible analogy, <laughs> James Conner went from... A guy that brought teams that had no business being in playoff contention to playoff contention and just ruined teams. That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I learned from this year. We're going to have an episode talking about what we learned from this year. Nothing is safe. Because Michael's team in our money league was probably the best team ever assembled. Yep. This guy was putting like 180 points, half PPR per week. And I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like, I promise you, he was putting up 180. Everyone in our league was just like... How are we going to beat Michael? And then all of a sudden he loses in his only playoff game because of things like James Conner getting injured, because of things like Rob Gronkowski almost shitting the bed, because of things... Well, I didn't have Gronk, but... <laughs> oh, who'd you have? Adam there? Thielen. Adam Thielen all of a sudden becoming terrible. Uh, a whole bunch of guys. Michael doesn't want to go through Zach this Ertz. But I learned that. Another thing I learned is don't fall in love with the player because you might get your heart broken. My love of my life was Cooper Cup. Um, me and Michael put a bet in... That Cooper Cup was going to be fantastic this year, and I think... Well, our bet was Cup versus Wood, so I won the bet. Right, I mean, yeah, sure, you won won the bet. But, I mean, if you're looking at just raw like talent and raw ability, I think Cooper Cup really surprised. And I think that if you were not familiar with Cooper Cup and the fact that he's 6'2", and the fact that he's a super athlete, you kind of just got lost in the narrative that he was... a a small white slot receiver who just did work in the middle of the field and just did t no this guy is a genuine number one type guy he is a tall red zone target and he scored six touchdowns in the six games that he played full games uh he had a 566 yards total he was on pace to be a wide receiver one and kill it for the remainder of the year um cooper cup you went too early and uh it it, it was a t again I had Cooper Cup stock in almost all of my teams, and it really hurt. So, uh, Cooper Cup is the Shakespearean tragedy of the year. Cool. Well, not correct, although it was cool. My guy, 
is my guy, my guy, AJ my Green. Guy. So AJ Green, he was he was a stud as always. There he goes. Jason picked up the AJ Green weird thing that Tim bought for the studio. It's just How a flat head. It? <laughs> it's not a fat head. It's a flat head. <laughs> but yeah, so we got AJ Green, who put up double digit points every week except for one. The first eight weeks of the year was doing superstar things per use as AJ Green does. And then he got hurt, and it wasn't an injury where you could just put him on the IR. It was an injury where, like, yeah, he'll come back. Don't worry. But it just kept delaying and delaying until week 13 when he finally did come back, and you're like, yes, A.J. Green is back. You put him in your starting lineup, he gets you 1.2, leaves, leaves, and then is actually out the year a week later. That actually happened to me, too. And A.J. Green is not someone that you could replace, especially when he goes down in week 9. Like, you couldn't pick up someone like Tyler Boyd, who was good in the beginning of the year. Or any, wide receivers were scarce on the waiver wire this year, really. Someone like Chris Godwin, who let people down in the playoffs, besides championship week. So, you you really couldn't replace A.J. Green, and A.J. Green went down and tore up a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah, and he was really productive. Like he was super productive. I, he, he That team was so bad that people forget how productive and how good A.J. Green is. Um, And our last one. He had just under 700 receiving yards. In eight games. You hear that? The waiver. Thinking of better times in the summer. Rider of the week. Someone who you picked up on waivers. And you are thanking the good Lord. Because of, the, of the year. You said of the he, week. Oh, of the year, yes. That you picked him up because he did work for you. Are you? Um, after week six, though, me, is the... After me, week six. Me. After week six. So, my guy, I'm going to start right away, is Damian Williams. When when Kareem Hunt uh, left the league for the reasons why he left, it left people in a quandary. Who do I pick up? Spencer Ware was the guy that everyone went out in. I, as soon as it was tweeted on Brodo, I went and I picked up Spencer Ware in every single one of my leagues. But on Brodo, we told you, pick up Damian Williams as a speculative ad. Spencer Ware not only ha- has much less talent than Spencer Ware, I mean, than, um, than Kareem Hunt, Hunt, but he's also injury-prone in his career, and that's exactly what happened. He got injured, Damian Williams came through, and in the playoffs, came through big time for you. In Against the Chargers, he put up two touchdowns. Against the Seahawks, he put up a receiving touchdown and 103 yards rushing. Against the uh, Raiders, he put up a touchdown and 51 yards rushing. This is a guy who continuously, continuously, continuously produced for you out of the backfield. Um, He even produced a touchdown against Baltimore on December 9th. That was a matchup. Two touchdowns, excuse me, one receiving, one rushing. A a matchup that you were not... If you're any running back against Baltimore this year, you're expecting to do bad, especially a backup. And then he came in, he produced two touchdowns in, in two weeks in a row against hard teams. The championship schedule for him was Baltimore the Chargers, and Seattle. That is not easy. And he put up at least two touchdowns or 100 yards and a touchdown in all the games. Damian Williams is my waiver rider of the year. Well, we're talking after week six, Tim. Damian Williams was good for three weeks. Boom! Roasted. Uh, yes, then, but if you're if you're that good where you get either two touchdowns or you get 100 yards and a touchdown in all three weeks of the championship, that I'm sorry, it's value. Which is why I have the answer. In front of me, it's Derrick Henry. Okay. The number one overall fancy player throughout the fantasy Hold playoffs. Hold on. Fine. Hold fine. on. No. That's the answer. No. That's the answer. How do you argue it was only three weeks, Tim? And then you come out with someone who's good for three <laughs> weeks. Because he had 
double-digit fantasy points oh, in man. seven of the nine weeks after week six. And he had the game of the year. Let's not forget. He put up 50 points. Huh? But nobody cared about him scoring double digits until week third, 14. But he was. If you picked him up after week six, he was solid for you. And we know a guy who picked him up and played him on all three of those weeks and won the championship. We know a guy. Yeah, we do. He won our money league. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's clearly Derrick Henry, man. How right, do you... You want, you want my answer? Did, where did where did Derrick Henry finish in terms of running backs? Do you do you have that number? Like in the top running back two range. Running back two range. He ended as like running back fifteen or something. After being the joke of the season, he finishes a running back. Two. All right, you know who Dude, my he ended with a thousand rushing yards and twelve touchdowns. That's insane. You know who was great after week six? Marlon Max. That's true. And let me tell you why. Mar- let me tell you. Marlon Mack is better than Derrick Henry let me as tell a fancy you pickup. Why? The number one overall player in the fancy playoffs. Let me tell you why. I like Marlon Mack after week six, right? This is, this is after dumb. week six is when he came back and started being a great running back. I'm talking about the three games where he wasn't good. I'm talking about the two against Houston and the two against Jacksonville and the one against Houston. What did all of those games have in common? He sucked it up for your fantasy team. They were also bad matchups where we said, don't trust Marlon Mack this week. And my point being, Marlon Mack, outside of those games, averaged 19 points a game. So, Marlon Mack, you were able to pick up. Listen, hear me out. Marlon Mack, you were able to pick up. You knew what he was going to do bad. You were able to bench him and start someone else. And then when he wasn't playing against the hard competition, he put up 19 points a game. Marlon Mack, you picked him up week six. He put up 19 points a game for you. And the three weeks where he wasn't reliable, he wasn't even in your lineup because there were bad matchups. Marlon Mack was a great pickup off the waiver wire. Your but reason. your reasoning, Jason, you're like Bill O'Reilly right now. It's like the worst reasoning ever. Just spinning everything. Jason, you just said. The no spin zone. You just said. You he was highlighted great. his bad weeks. He was great, exactly. except for the times he wasn't. Exactly. That's the point. They were, predi- they were predictive. You didn't start him. He, he never messed you up. We're, we're done here. We're done. He was on your bench when in those tough games. A lot of people who picked up Marlon Mack had other players. Did you guys hear that part? Uh, anyway, oh, I just farted all day long. Um, oh, no, there goes the car. I don't know what spatter. stinks more, my fart or Jason's takes. Um, What are you doing? The yeah, banner fell, bro. It's the playoff matchups. In the middle of the episode. There's just... like two minutes left and the banner's full. You can't ruin the integrity of the show. Those are the playoff matchups up there. They need to hold strong. You're right, so let's just... Continue recording as we fix it, although we could press press pause. Exactly. That, I mean, that'll you, be good for the integrity. Exactly. If you believe in superstition, the Colts just went down. Michael's the one that yelled it out. Oh, the Colts one just went down. Uh-huh. Ooh. But the Texans were loose. Interesting. So Interesting. Um, all right. So with that being said, those are our nominations. A reminder, you can go to YouTube.com. You can go to Instagram.com. I mean, Instagram. You can go to Twitter. You're going to vote in the polls on Twitter. You're going to comment on the pictures on, on Instagram. You're going to comment on the video. And if you do all three of those things, not only do all three of your votes get counted, but also you are automatically entered to join a fantasy league with the Brodo Bros next season. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add in another twist. Wrinkles. Because we do random drawings. If you want your name to be in the drawing twice, give us a review on Facebook and iTunes. Oh, okay. Jason just added a little twist. What's good? All of the right. twist. So with that being said, we are going to pause and we're gonna we're gonna welcome two guests. The first guest we're gonna welcome is the champion of the uh, 
Brodo League. The Brodo, Brodo League. Keeper League. Keeper the Brodo League. Keeper League. Back to back, might I add. Uh, yeah. Mr. Fun Guy himself. And then we are going to welcome in Andy Singleton. Another great guy. Who is a, another great guy, another New Yorker, Wonderful and a guy, guy who... Really knows his fantasy, so stick around. He's going to also kind of be like a tie-breaking vote. He's going to give you a little bit of his uh, opinions on who should win He's a guest each judge. award. Yeah, so we'll get a little guest judge. Um, so with that being said, let's go to John. All right, and here we are with the winner of the Brodo uh, Keeper League. His name, known as Fun Guy. Uh, cool story. His back, real name, John. Real name, John. Back-to-back winner actually and uh say hi to the people first of all you're <laughs> so what Real happened new yorker <laughs> so what happened was um there was a a person who now this was two years ago so we had a lot less demand but um we ran our first ever league and a lot of people wanted in even though we had less demand than we do now and we were like all right well, we ran a, a random drawing and we got people and there was someone that wasn't paying attention in the first three weeks so we wanted to set a precedent right away, and we kicked him out. And we needed someone to take his place. And John here took his place, and he took a team from, what was it, last place, second to last place? I think they were about second to last place. Completely revamped it, made trades like Like three crazy. trades in like the first day. Yeah, like <laughs> crazy. And then he came back. He won in the league. He won the league, beat me and my first place team um, to, to win the league. And then this year came through and beat me and my first place team to win the league. So, uh... Fuck you, first of all. Second of all, congratulations. <laughs> it was even more special this year because I went through all the Brodo guys to win it all. Oh, it's true. Uh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. You ran through all us all? All three of you. Me and you got the bye, Tim. He beat Jay in the first round. He beat me in the second. And then he beat you in the championship. No, 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 no. He beat me. Was it the first round? Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's <laughs> the reason why. The Todd week that Gurley. Todd Gurley shit the bed. My team was so good. Todd Gurley decided to shit the bed and Yanni beat me. I was up by, I think, like 14 or 15, and Todd Gurley just put up that dud with seven against the Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. That but, was uh, yeah, what do you got to say to the people, Leon? Uh, I'm ready to go three-peat next year. That's what I'm ready to do. Uh, any message to the to the people in our league? Uh, watch out for Fun Guy. <laughs> there you have it. All right, there you have it. Fun Guy himself, uh, Mr. John here. We're just going to call him John for anonymity <laughs> because he's out here in the in the streets. And, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but... Uh, fun guy! Congratulations on winning the Brodo Keeper League. Uh, check in with us again. We want to know first, who you keep. First league winner to join score. the show. We told our redraft league the winner will be on the show as well. It turns out I won that league. So <laughs> I'm on the show every week. So, so. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations <laughs> on the oh, redraft. Yeah. League. Uh, so we have a fantasy expert coming on the show, Andy Singleton. So let's check in with Andy. Now, he's going to be uh, giving us a little preview of what he does on his website, a really cool thing that he does to break down college athletes. If you combine that with true throw value and true target value that Jason invented on BrotoFantasy.com, you will sit there and you will have a very fun time. He's also going to give us a little bit of his guest judgments on who should win each award. Um, Don't let them sway you. Or do if he's voting for my guys. Um, But again, remember, before we go, number one, vote on uh, Twitter. That's the main one. Number two, vote on Instagram. 
Number three, vote on YouTube. All these things will be up by Sunday. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed and you have your notifications turned on to make sure that these things pop up on your feed so you can comment on them right away. The pers the people who comment and follow all three of these entities will be entered into a uh, opportunity to win, I mean, to play fantasy with us. Like, Facebook and iTunes, you get a second entry. Like John here, who won a contest uh, previously. Right, John? Yes. Yes, yes, correct. And, <laughs> and Jason, he put in his extra uh, thing. If you give us a review on Facebook and on iTunes, you get... A second entry. A second entry. Number two. All right. Without any further ado, our boy, Andy Singleton. We are here now with Andy Singleton. He is New York's bravest and fantasy's finest. He is the co-creator of Expand the Box Store. Box Score, excuse me. A contributor for Raz Ball. He's a fantasy football and fantasy baseball expert ranker for fantasy pros. And most importantly, he is from New York, just like the Brodo Bros. Andy Singleton. Say hi to the people. What's up, everybody? This is my third appearance on here, so that's got to be some kind of a record. I think you guys need to get me a jacket or something. Yeah, man, you're you're the uh, you're like the official guest. I think you're our only return guest yeah. that we've ever had, ever. <laughs> How about that? All right, so Andy, the Brodo VIP, we we have you on today because we know you know Brodo, and we know you know fantasy specifically. So what we're doing on Brodo is we we had a little um a. Award show. award show award show um nominate nomination special we gave our award nomination so i'm going to run these by you and i want to see who you agree with on each one how's that sound okay all right I'll, so i'll be the judge all right great so our first um our first guy is mvp so what we looked at for mvp is it, it would be easy to just say hey the guy who scored the most points is the mvp but that's not how we're gonna look at it we're gonna look at it as someone who uh, greatly outproduced their their value and ADP. So the guys that we had first. Oh, and we want to just want to say also, Pat Mahomes is ineligible for any of our awards. He wins the greatest player in the history of fantasy award, so he's not eligible because he should win every award. So he's not eligible for these awards. So the first one is MVP. Our MVP candidates are Devonte Adams, James Conner, and George Kittle. If you had to choose from those three guys, who is your fantasy MVP? Yeah, you know, those are all great options. Of course, I'd probably go with Kittle just because he proved to be so valuable at a position that had no consistency uh, outside of Ertz and Kelsey and then throwing Kittle as well. So I've seen conversations in the last week that suggest Kittle should be a first-round consideration next year. Uh, that's how highly uh, people regard him at this point. So as good as Connor was, uh, he missed some time down the stretch. Uh, so that didn't help fantasy owners. You don't win an MVP by missing the playoffs in fantasy. Uh, and Devontae Adams, as good as he had has become, and that true wide receiver one, I think Kittle just was far and away a separator for a lot of championship teams. So I'll give it to George. That's an interesting thing you said with the first-round ADP. I know it's way too early, but is that something that you would consider next year? I mean, I, I think you have to. Uh, I, I really, I really do believe you have to, just because what the position has become, and it's, it's. You, you see, I mean, this year more, more so than most, I've seen so many people suggesting that tight end be removed as a required starting spot and it'd it be an extra flex. So that just tells you how weak people feel the position is. So if you have a guy that week in and week out is one of your best fantasy players and assets, and there's only two other guys in the entire league like that, I, I think that's putting a real premium on just what George Kittle is providing to your fantasy squad. So yeah, I, I mean, you're going to have to draft him at a position and elevate his stock so that you don't miss out and you don't lose him. And uh, the secret's kind of out 
or Kittle. So, uh, yeah, I think he's strongly in the mix for, for that first round, maybe, you know, maybe late second at, at the latest. I'm with you here, man. I, uh, I actually put out a top 12 going into next year, a way too early top 12. And I had Travis Kelsey as my 10th pick, I believe it was, and it had some backlash. But if you could get someone like Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle, I think you got to reach and get him just because of the value, just because of the positional value that they produce. Yeah, tight end is definitely a place where an MVP is definitely somewhere you find, especially when you got Kittle's production. How about this second one, most improved player? Um, that's a player, obviously, that improved um, from last year. The first guy is Chris Carson. The second guy is Michael Thomas. And the third guy is Robert Woods. Yeah, so I don't think that Michael Thomas really improved. I think he just kind of solidified that he is this unique and, and dominant wide receiver. I, I think Robert Woods was more about backing up what he did last year because you know he'd been floating around the league for a couple of years, most notably in Buffalo, and you know people kind of were down on him and he flashed last year. And people were you know wondering could he do it again, and he did it again. So I, I don't necessarily know that that would be an improvement on what he did last season. Uh, so Chris Carson to me is the guy because this is what we expected and wanted out of him in 2017. And then, you know, of course he had all the injuries and never really amounted to that. And then you kind of hear his name floating again in the preseason as Pete Carroll's guy. They go out and draft for Sean Penny, of course. Uh, you know, Mike Davis in the mix as well. And you know Seattle wants to run the ball. So for him to become what he became, I think I would give the nod to him as most improved for the three that you uh, nominated. So this year is not a great rookie draft in terms of offensive players. But one thing that uh, last year had was a plethora of offensive players and three running backs in particular up for our fantasy rookie of the year. Um, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, and Phillip Lindsay, three guys that if you had were all running back ones at at least a certain point of the year. So who do you have as your rookie of the year in fantasy? I think you guys got to give Barkley that Pat Mahomes treatment and count him as ineligible for this award. Because he's just already, he's, he might be the best running back in all of football at this point, let alone just the rookies. So I, I, I would have to say Barkley if he is in the running, but if the other two, I would give it to Lindsey over Chubb uh, just because he did it from day one. And uh, I, I like the underdog, his sister follows me on Twitter. We've uh, exchanged uh, a, a few uh, retweets of, of each other's comments on her brother here and there. So I feel I feel close to the Lindsay family. So <laughs> I, I think I would have to go with Philip on that on that one. He's a great story too, man. You, how could you not root for Philip Lindsay? This is yeah, like he's exactly. like a, you just want to root for him. All right, next question exactly. here. We might need to give him the Barkley treatment again, but we're gonna give him the nod here. Offensive player of the year. You're giving it to Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey or Matt Ryan? Oh, you said Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. We're trying to get a little creative here, not go with the obvious names. Matt Ryan ending as the number two uh, quarterback when he wasn't really being drafted as one. You got to give him some love. Yeah. Uh, I don't Yeah. All right. <laughs> love, maybe. But I, I, I'm, not, I'm not voting for him. That, that's, <laughs> I don't know. It's surprising that even hear his name mentioned uh it definitely definitely would say barkley has to be in that mix um but i'm sorry who, who was the other guy again because that's the guy who was gone with and i forgot the name christian mccaffrey said. oh there you go mccaffrey um yeah i mean he's a record setter now right and uh, there was a lot of hype on him this year i didn't think he would really be able to surpass 150 carries uh, he, he he did that so you know he proved me wrong in that regard i, I thought the receiving would be there i'm not surprised by the 100 receptions and you know the thousand yard season and all that kind of stuff but i was surprised at how effective he was 
in the running game, uh, especially a couple of those games where he's just racking up ridiculous yardage. So uh, I would have to say he was the biggest surprise to me because of that. Uh, he, he outperformed my expectations as as lofty as they were. Just from the receiving aspect, I would say he still overperformed what I thought he could be. So uh, I will give it to McCaffrey. Barkley actually did kind of what I thought he would do. Uh, I mean, there was a, a mock that I was on on Fantasy Network beginning of the season, and I had the fourth overall pick, and Jake Seeley, who's a noted Giant fan, was picking right after me. And I took Barkley at fourth overall, and I said – it's because I think it's he's in that four to six range. I think he's that good. And also because I knew Jake was picking right after me, so I was kind of having fun with the mock and blocking Jake from taking him. And I got abused for it by a, a, a you know, panel of experts saying that I was reaching and you know forget that it's a mock and forget the fun nature I was trying to have with Jake. And I reached for Barkley at four, and I, I'd have to say I, I, I think he justified that fourth overall pick, at least in 2018. So uh, Barkley did what I thought he would do. McCaffrey didn't, though. He exceeded, so I'll give it to McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I think Barkley's probably a lock for the top four next year going in now. So good good call there. Our next category is bust of the year. We're going with three options here of Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and Devontae Freeman. Royce oh. Freeman, Andy, not Devontae. Oh, I mean, both work, but, yeah, it's Royce, not Devontae. Royce Freeman. So of the three, um, all, of course, had injury issues. And I think of the three, we kind of knew Gronk was going to be murky. And it was just kind of like you got you to gotta bite your teeth to take that pick and say, hey, if I'm taking him because of the name, because of how much fun he brings to the game and how dominant he can be when he's on the field. But I know I might not get him for 16 games. So you kind of clench your teeth when you make that pick. I think you kind of know what you're getting into with that. I think Freeman was kind of the same situation. Uh, you, you, Worried about his health. Um, he was, of course, going to start the season okay, but, you know, he was banged up a little last year, and, and that concern was there. Tevin Coleman, of course, you know, barking at his heels. Uh, what Sarkeesian did with that offense over the last two years, uh, there were there were concerns with that as well. So if you took Freeman and you took him where you have to take him, you kind of knew, hey, this could be a letdown as well. Um, so that's going to disqualify those two guys for me. Fournette was still a guy. This is a team that was had full intentions of competing for another Super Bowl, uh, as they did last year. They, you know, what were they, one game away last year? Uh, the Jaguar season completely was not what anybody expected it to be. And this was a guy at the beginning, beginning of the year you thought was young enough, was the kind of back, the kind of power back that with a good defense would get 20 to 30 carries per game and week in and week out give you 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. So the fact that he felt completely on, on his face in that regard uh, I would have to, and, and now he might be on his way out of Jacksonville. Uh, I would say Fournette has to easily be the uh, bust of the year of those three choices. Uh, one guy that, I mean, some guys that could bust next year, but we think are going to have big years. Uh, the next uh, award that we gave out was the way too early steal of the year, a guy that we're going into next year's draft already licking our chops at what could be a low ADP. Um, the three guys that we had were DJ Moore, Dante Pettis and Michael cheated and put the Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold stack. So if you had to pick between DJ Moore, uh, Dante Pettis and the Robbie Darnold stack, which one are you looking forward to next year as a steal potentially? Well, that's, that's, these, these are tough choices. I want to go, you know, the Jets since I'm a Jet fan. Um, I'll probably keep it simple and just go there, but Dante Pettis was, uh, Dante Pettis was in, in my evaluation of him, 
uh, in last year's draft guide was the ideal prototypical number two wide receiver that ran precise routes and could draw attention enough to release the wide receiver one from double teams. I didn't think he would become a wide receiver one in his own right. And, and with the consistency, he showed down the uh, stretch as well. I don't know if that's a Nick Mullins, Dante Pettis connection, or just a Dante Pettis being that good of a wide receiver uh, emergence. So uh, I'll be interested to see the chemistry he has with Jimmy G when he comes back. Um, DJ Moore, I, I, I was not as high on as others coming out of Maryland. Uh, I do think he has potential, but I don't think it'll be week-to-week consistent. So I, for that reason, would not elevate him to that level of, you know, breakout of the year. Um, so for, for those reasons, I'll default back to my love for Sam Darnold, which I went over on my first appearance on this show at the beginning of the season with you guys, and uh, say Robbie Anderson has solidified himself as that real uh, wide receiver one, you know, high-end two option, and that will be my uh, my – breakout for 2019 pick sometimes guys are so great but they have these weeks that just make you want to pull your hair out and wonder why you ever drafted them the inconsistency of these kind of superstar guys the most inconsistent guy the pull your hair out award the nominees are michael thomas stefan diggs and sony michelle out of those three guys which one of those guys makes you want to pull the hair out of your head the most Yes, yeah, so I don't necessarily get that feeling from Sony Michelle or from Michael Thomas. Uh, I know Thomas's season kind of, uh, you know, didn't deteriorate, but kind of calmed down and cooled off a little from that incredibly hot start he got off to. Uh, as far as Sony Michelle, there was an interesting poll going on on Twitter over the last couple of days that Dynasty Jackson put out talking about uh, who'd you rather have, player A or player B, and it was Sony Michelle versus Carry On Johnson. And by the numbers, it made Carry On Johnson look good. So when I dug into it a little bit more, you, you see that Sony Michelle of 13 games, five of them, he rushed for over 100 yards, and then he had the six rushing touchdowns, and they were spread out. They didn't really come all too much clustered into one game. So the consistency of Sony Michelle week to week, he's exactly what I thought he was going to be. He was my number two running back in this class after Barkley. So uh, I, I'm not so sure that of those two, I would say that they were making me pull my hair out uh, week to week. Uh, I would like to have a write-in vote if I could, and that would be uh, Corey Davis, if, if possible, because um, you know he was being drafted pretty highly and and pretty well thought of as you know taking huge leaps this year. And I don't think anybody still questions his talent or abilities, uh, but it just hasn't transpired yet. And that's crazy to say because we love Mariota as recently as two years ago. Um, so for that team to kind of you know, for it to look like the blame is on the quarterback there is really kind of baffling. Uh, who who's the other the, the third guy you said again? Uh, Diggs. Yeah, so it'd have to be Diggs if you think. And that that again goes more to the quarterback of Cousins. Uh, also more to the fact that you know Adam Thielen just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, two years ago people were like, yeah, uh, if you can get anything for Thielen, take it in the dynasty league. And now fast forward, and he's like one of the most untouchable guys you can find. Um, so I would I would say Diggs just because of who his running mate is at this point. So we're gonna throw we're gonna throw the Andy Singleton special in there. We'll put Corey Davis on the polls for the fans. Um, but before we get into the, that again, can you just tell us about expand the box score a little bit? This is a, a website that has a ton of resources uh, that are fantastic for the fantasy owner. You're the co uh, creator of it. If you can give us a little bit of background on expand the box score and how people could use it in their upcoming draft season and also for their upcoming drafts. 
Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. And this really was built out of a need, as you might have heard me say a couple of times. I've uh, been doing draft analysis for six years now. And uh, every year that I go and start trying to compare players, most notably wide receivers, and try to find targets for guys, it just I haven't been able to find it. I mean, there are some places that exist. Uh, but the amount that they charge is, is just kind of prices, you know, me out as well as others. Uh, so I hooked up with a partner, Brian Cree, who is a, a data wizard and spreadsheet, you know, uh, genius. And uh, we basically put together a, uh, a site that gives you expanded college statistics. We're starting with college football. We're planning to expand to other sports, but um, we're, we're just with college football right now. Uh, basically feature every Division One player. There's all kinds of things in there from red zone efficiency to first downs, fumbles, targets, as I mentioned, where it all started. Uh, we, we have customizable sliders where you can put anybody you want in there, whether it be by team, by conference, by just players. Uh, you could set the sliders for anything you want, you know, a minimum number of carries or targets or receptions. Uh, you, you can – you know, we have uh, preset data points in there that give you ideas of – how many uh, yards per touch they had, uh, when their touches came, what quarters. Uh, we, we have graphs and bar graphs that break down every single play that a player was involved in, uh, what game it was from, where in the field it was, everything like that. Our QB uh, profiles are, are ridiculous. They tell you each quarterback's specific receiver and how they work them throughout the season. Uh, we've also added down and distance situations to our, our regular player profiles. That will tell you, for instance, like a running back, like uh, how many carries he had on first and 10 as opposed to second and short or, you know, third and long, for instance. Uh, so it's really just an insane amount of information that's up there for you to use however you see fit and get to know these college players uh, intimately. And we're doing it all for the low, 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 low price of just $10 for a full year's access. That's not daily. That's not weekly or monthly. That's $10 for the entire year. You get unlimited access. So, Andy, since Expand the Box Score basically covers every single statistic possible for college players, what would you say is your secret weapon statistic? The one that you look at to really analyze a player, whether it be a quarterback or running back. What do you, what do you think that other people should utilize more? Uh, it, it really varies for me. I mean, it depends on what players we're looking at. It depends on, you know... Uh, it's, it's hard to put in a nutshell. Uh, you know, I was watching the LSU game yesterday and looking at their sophomore wide receiver, Jefferson, and just noting that, you know, he had a lot of targets and a lot of receptions as a sophomore in an offense that doesn't traditionally pass too much. Um, then you go and you look at a guy like, uh, I want to say, uh, Anthony Johnson from Buffalo, who, you know, had over 100 receptions and was one of the nation's leaders and targets and um you know that's that's from buffalo so it's a totally different system it's not the sec anything like that so uh you know that, that kind of makes you feel maybe more like your Corey Corey uh, davis you know uh comps like what we were talking to before and i'm not comping to each other um but my point being that it, it really kind of you have to weigh in what the conference is and what the school is and and you know players around them as well but it gives you a, a good image and a good impression of how players are being used uh where they're being used uh some of the other players that were involved in the bowl games i was noticing um like Reichwell armstead from temple a uh, great running back he didn't play in the bowl game this year but if you notice he was averaging uh six over six yards per touch in the first half and that dropped down to uh just uh four yards per touch in the second half um so then it, it makes me want to look and dive into this guy a little bit more and, and try to figure out 
what was going on in the second half of Temple games that made him lose two yards off his per touch average. Um, so you can do, like I said, all sorts of things with this. And I, I, I want to be, um, I want to make one clarification though. If we have, I would say 98% of stats that you can get and, uh, basically our, our domain name kind of encapsulates what we are. We're expanding the box score. So we're taking the raw data, the raw statistics. What I mean by that is you're not going to get certain things such as broken tackles or average depth of target or yards after the catch, things like that, because that, that's coming from actual eyes on the game and, and watching the full game and scouting the full game. And some of those stats can be speculative. Um, did the defender trip and you counted as a broken tackle or did he actually stiff on the guy and break a tackle? Uh, so while those are good, I don't think they're always a hundred percent accurate. Whereas I feel like ours are more just the raw data and they tell you exactly how many carries this guy had, where on the field they came from, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you guys want to have uh, fun, take, take Andy's box scores and then go to true target value and true, um, True reception, true reception value. True throw, true throw value, true throw value, true target value, and go on brotoff.com and try and see like, oh, if this player got drafted by this team, how what potential would he have? You'll get lost in it for days. Again, thank you so much, Andy Singleton. Again, co-creator of expandthebboxscore.com, a contributor for Razzball, also a fantasy football and baseball expert ranker for fantasy pros. Andy Singleton, the only repeat guest. In the history of the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, thank you so much for joining us again. Appreciate you guys having me, man. It's always a blast, and uh, I love talking with my New Yorkers. So uh, thanks for having me, and I right. uh, hope I didn't disappoint your audience. Oh, uh, never! You can never disappoint, Andy. Thank you so much, and enjoy the family, huh? Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Happy New Year. Take it easy. Again, thank you, Andy Singleton, New York City firefighter and fantasy expert. We fucks with Andy Singleton. He's our guy. Um, but that's our show for today. Go to BrotoFF.com, BrotoFantasy.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, at BrotoFantasy. You can follow us on Instagram, at BrotoFantasy. You could you could subscribe to us on YouTube, BrotoFantasy. I think you're getting the pattern here. You can also follow our, uh, or like, or also leave a review on our new Facebook page, BrotoFantasyFootball. Jason, thank we got, you. We got two good reviews on it already without even asking anyone to do it, so thanks a lot. People listening who wrote us some reviews, if you want to write some good stuff about us as well, we'll appreciate it. Yeah, it goes a long way. All those like iTunes charts and stuff, it's all about comments and likes. None of it has to do with listens. Uh, there you go. A little bit of a little bit of uh, inside information in the podcast world. But the way that you are going to vote for this, because remember, next week we're going to have our award show where we're going to give out the awards that you guys voted on. Right, the way that you could do that is three ways. Number one, you can go on our Twitter polls and vote. Number two, you can go on Instagram and you could vote there. Number three, you can go on YouTube and you can vote there. Now, if you decide that you're nice enough where you're going to follow us on all three of those platforms and you're going to vote for Tim. Don't forget about Facebook. Get it together, bro. Now, those the three is the contest. Facebook is the three for the contest. So if you vote on all three you are automatically entered to be in a fantasy league with the Brodo Bros next year at this time. Um, if you ask the two the two leagues we've done already, they've actually come a little communities and fan, a little communities and almost families. 
right? Yeah, for it, sure. It's fantastic. And uh, if you do that, you are automatically entered to be part of that family and community next year. A lot of big things coming from us next year. A lot of opportunities to play fantasy football with Brodo, and we'll go over, over all of that next year. But until then, Michael, where could they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? At Jason Patrop. And before I go, just a reminder, if you go to all three of these places, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, you comment on the video, you comment on the video clips, and then you comment uh, and you vote in the poll, you are entered to win. Now, the video will be dropping um, Sunday-ish, uh, Saturday or Sunday, so keep an eye out for that. Press the subscribe button to follow it so you're gonna have to be diligent if you're gonna vote on youtube uh but the rest of the stuff should be up as soon as possible so thank you for rocking with us again we are a completely independently run podcast so thank you for rocking with us thank you for supporting us and thanks again for andy singleton for me at tim Patrop on all social media outlets but only if you're feeling real 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 frisky that was a good one you guys are at the same time that time the unison is unreal and with that until next time peace